This is the Tao of Christ, and I am Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. Others call it non-dual awareness, liberation, enlightenment, or spiritual awakening. It is the heart of all spiritual traditions. This is the Tao of Christ. Good afternoon, this is Marshall Davis. The phrase, Word of God, is used a lot by Christians. I hear it in church every Sunday. The liturgist will read a portion of scripture and conclude by reciting the words, The Word of God for the people of God. And the congregation responds, Thanks be to God. The Word of God is thereby equated with the Bible. This is typical. When Christians talk about the Word of God, they are usually referring to the Christian scriptures. In this episode today, I am going to be proposing another way of understanding the term, a more inclusive use of, of it, which also happens to be the biblical understanding of the phrase. Biblically speaking, the Word of God is not limited to a book. Now, we can say the Bible is the Word of God, but... It does not exhaust the meaning of the phrase, the Word of God. Also, it's important to note that the Christian scriptures, which means the Bible that includes the New Testament, is not called the Word of God in the Bible. How could it be? The Bible had not been completed or compiled or canonized until the 4th century, 300 years after the latest book in the Bible was written. So the phrase Word of God in the biblical books could not refer to something that did not yet exist. Furthermore, the term is used in the Bible for much more than Scripture. To limit the Word of God to a book or even a collection of books, which is what the Bible is, that were written and edited and canonized by the institution of the church is really to quench the spirit, to, to limit the Word of God, to stifle the Word of God that is present in all people, all things, all scriptures, all religions. So what exactly is the Word of God? Well, in the Bible, the phrase refers to God speaking. It is the living presence and power of the divine speaking to us from the depths of the Spirit. The Hebrew prophets knew this Word of God directly and intimately. The opening words of the book of Jeremiah, the prophet says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, and then he, then he says it, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So Jeremiah experienced the Word of God coming to him. Prophet Zechariah says, The Word of the Lord came to me. Ezekiel says the same thing. The Word of the Lord came to me, saying, and This is the typical expression for the prophets. The Word of the Lord, or the Word of God, is the power of God, empowering people to speak truth. 
In the New Testament, that's how the word, the phrase word of God is used repeatedly. In the book of Acts, for example, the word of God is the direct inspiration of God in people's lives. And those who limit that phrase to the Bible are trying to limit, trying to control the word of God. They end up limiting the spirit, quenching the spirit, as the Apostle Paul calls it. They're trying to exercise control over people. That limited understanding of the Word of God is church tradition. It's the Word of man. It's not the Word of God. The Bible says that the inspiration of God is not limited to special people thousands of years ago. Rather, it's for all of us. All of us have access to the unmediated Word of God. That's the message that was proclaimed at Pentecost. The Apostle Peter got up before a crowd on the day of Pentecost and recited the words of the prophet Joel, saying, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. And Peter says that this scripture was being fulfilled right then and there. In other words, he was saying that the hearing and the speaking of the Word of God is not limited to a special class of people called prophets. The spirit of prophecy is poured out on all people. Peter was breaking down the division between spiritually special people and everyone else. We see the same thing happening in the New Testament with the priesthood. No longer is there to be a special group of people who are mediators between God and humans. Instead, we are all priests. We all have equal access to God. This became very important in Protestant Christianity and known as the priesthood of the believer. Unfortunately, it was betrayed when Christianity developed its own division between clergy and laity not only in the priesthood of the Roman Catholic Church, but also in the Protestant Church. We see the same sort of thing happening in other religions with their priests. We see it in non-duality circles. There are special spiritual teachers, or masters, or gurus, who are thought to be different than the rest of us because they've got it. And we don't. They're enlightened or liberated. The disciples venerate them and bow down to them and literally put them on a pedestal. And the words that come out of their mouths are considered to be divine truth. The Word of God is God. Put it simply, the prologue of the Gospel of John opens with these words, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It goes on to say, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In other words, the Word of God is described here as the eternal Christ. The eternal Word, the Logos, that was enfleshed, it says, in the man Jesus. But not only in Jesus. Where it says the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, it literally says in the Greek text, the Word became flesh and dwelt 
in us. It can be translated within us. It's the same preposition that Jesus used when he said the kingdom of heaven is within you. The word of God is in us. The eternal logos, the word of God, became flesh in Jesus. But the word is also in us. The first letter of John says the word of God lives in you. Now this is a entirely different way of understanding the word of God. It's a different way of understanding Christ and incarnation. Paul says that it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Christ, the word of God, is in us, incarnated in us. This is a different way of understanding the spirit of prophecy. It's a different way of understanding spiritual authority. So authority does not rest in a church hierarchy, or a priesthood, or in church tradition, or in creeds. Authority is not in a pope, or a Dalai Lama, or some religious leader, or prophet, or apostle, or founder of a religion. The authority is the eternal Word of God. And the Word of God is the living presence of God here, now, in each one of us. This is the Word of God that the letter to the Hebrews describes as a living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. In Christianity, the Quakers understood this better than most denominations. This emphasis was present in the early centuries of Christianity as well, in groups like the Gnostics and the Montanists. But these groups were branded as heretics because they undermined the authority of the bishops and the church hierarchy and church tradition. The true Word of God is non-dual reality expressed in and through this manifested world. It ex is expressed in silence better than words. It is expressed in nature. The heavens declare the glory of God, Psalm says. The Word of God spoke the universe into existence, says the book of Genesis, and is still speaking through the universe. The Word is incarnated in the man, Jesus, whom Christians call Christ. The eternal Word is also incarnated in us as we abide in Christ. The Apostle Paul calls this being in Christ or in the Spirit. Christ is in us and we are in Christ. The Spirit is in us and us in the Spirit. This divine Spirit is not unique to Christianity. The Spirit is called the Tao, or Brahman, or a host of other terms. The Word of God cannot be limited to words, cannot be limited to, to, limited to the Bible. In fact, it can only be imperfectly expressed through words, spoken or written. Actions speak louder than words, as they say. This Word of God is 
the essential nature of the universe, and therefore it is our essential nature. This is the word of God. As Jesus so often said, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. And that is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ. Thank you.